you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dolson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Graves, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling or couples therapy. Save your communication with simple frameworks. We get into a relationship to have big smiles greet us when we get home at the end of the day, a warm body to curl up next to you in bed, a listening ear when we need to vent, an adventure companion to explore with on the weekends, and a teammate to tackle housework. And why shouldn't you have that? But tell me, has this ever been you? As you walk in the front door, there's no smile to greet you. There is another body in bed, but it's hugging the edge of the bed and the gap between you is cool and distant. And when you go to vent, you're not even sure if the sound of your words hits your partner's eardrums. You stop spending time together and you're in a never ending struggle about the housework. In my last 10 years as a psychologist and couples therapist, I've heard many couples going through just this. And when they try to connect, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do when their communication is broken down. They have no framework for healthy relationship communication and their efforts fail. I'm going to tell you the story of my clients, aunt and Alana. Here it goes. So they knew they were disconnected. They decided to get out a big wall calendar and schedule their weekly date nights as a reminder to connect and when their dates were. The date nights were important to both of them because they remembered the joy and the bliss in their early dating. They thought they could get it back. They were starting to wonder if they were even compatible and if they really could rekindle their connection. And so they committed to date night. The interesting thing was neither of them really knew how important that date night was going to be to the other. On the morning of their first date, Alana woke up hopeful. She decided to leave her work a few minutes early and went to the mall to get a new dress. She hoped she'd be able to spark his attention. As she walked through the mall, a smile came across her face and a burn of desire smoldered through her body. She walked past a lingerie shop where she quickly popped in and purchased a matching set of bra and underwear. Standing in the line to pay, she pondered, How much of their dwindling sex life had to do with the frayed panties that she desperately needed to replace and the ugly, but immensely comfortable collection of nude bras. She swiped her credit card and she felt quite pleased with herself and how she was planning that she was going to initiate sex with Otten that night. When Otten awoke that morning, he was sweating, his heart was pounding, and with his busy night week at work, he had forgotten to make a dinner reservation, which he promised to do. Since it was COVID and places were only operating at half capacity, by the time he got to the booking app, most restaurants only had late reservations or places had some flexibility, but further away from their house. He settled on a place pretty far from home that sounded interesting, and he tried to convince himself that a new place might equal a new spark. As the hours ticked by, Otten got immersed in work. When he popped his head up from his computer monitor, he was shocked. He should have left five minutes ago. Flustered and hungry from missing lunch, he fled out the door. When he arrived home to pick up Alana, 
She was waiting on the step, tapping her foot. As he drove up, he could see the tap, tap, tap of her toe on the pavement. And before he saw her face, he started shrinking inside, bracing himself for the words he knew were coming. When Alana got in the car, the air, air filled with a tension of unspoken words. They silently drove the 45 minutes to the new restaurant. They got out of the car and cordially ordered drinks. But once the server walked away, they were, looked awkwardly at each other. Neither knew what to say. Alana was angry he was late. After all, she was wearing a new dress and had even matching undergarments on underneath. The audacity of him. All she could think was how selfish he was and how he didn't care for her. But since recently he complained that she was aggressive, which she could admit she usually was, she just sat there, probably with steam billowing out of her ears. Otten nursed a drink, hunched over, and peered at Alana through his lashes. He could sense her anger, but as usual, he attempted to avoid conflict at any cost. He just didn't say anything. And he tried to keep his mask of exterior, cool, calm, in place on the outside. But he felt anything but calm on the inside. As they sat in silence, they both wondered, oh my gosh, are we compatible? What's gone wrong? And they felt pretty hopeless that they could reignite the spark between them. If you've ever felt like this, you're not alone. Shortly after this date, they ended up in my office. I have a question on my intake form that asked the reason people are there. Alana's reason was she needed to see if they could communicate. Then she wanted to make a decision to either stay and be happy in the relationship or to go. Otten's reason was early in the relationship, he remembered being head over heels in love with her. And now he sees it's a lot more of a struggle. He thinks they're fighting constantly over the dumbest stuff and he just doesn't want that anymore. He wants to be more open, but he's afraid to tell her how he feels. He wants to be able to com communicate without the fear she's going to get mad. They'd been trying to fix their connection and communication problems through a date. Nice clothes, matching underwear, a new restaurant, good intentions, but this wasn't the framework they needed to have a peaceful conversation where they could both feel seen and heard. Since their communication was so out of sync, I needed to give them a framework and communication skills to actually talk to each other. Otten, a practical nice guy, stated, this is exactly why I didn't want to come to therapy. This is the kind of stuff I see on TV. No one would do these things in real life. I responded, I know. Most people don't do these things in real life. I get that. And that's why you're here. Because doing what you've always done has gotten you where you are. And these aren't the results you've always wanted. When couples who succeed and couples who fail are studied, the relationship research is pretty clear on what sets them up to succeed or fail. A couple who routinely fails doing the same patterns, well, you know, we can study those and we see most couples who do these things. We know exactly what those mistakes are and they're just going to lead to relationships ending. And couples who succeed routinely do the same things that keep them together. So we want to give you the framework to do the same things that keep these successful couples together. Now imagine you needed surgery. Would you prefer to go to the surgeon who just woke up that morning after watching some Grey's Anatomy, you know, decided that morning to flip on the TV show ER, see a little bit about surgery, and then just, hey, let's start doing some surgery. Might work. Or would you prefer the surgeon who had gone to medical school, done residency, passed all their licensing exams, and had actual surgery experience? Now, after some discussion, I mean, right away, Otten stated he would want the surgeon that actually went to medical school. And so then we talked more about what this would mean for their relationship. We discussed the surgeon probably had a series of steps they followed early on that they knew that they had to follow, especially as they were learning. And with practice and repetition, the surgeon would probably have those steps memorized. And if some sort of 
crisis or emergency or something came up in the course of surgery, that surgeon would have the skills to improvise. Now, the person who just woke up to be a surgeon that morning likely would have no plan on what to do and wouldn't really know what to do if things went astray. So the goal of our conversation frameworks was to give him a container, to give him steps for a productive conversation. And then when they knew the steps, they could loosen up the framework and do what worked for them. He reluctantly agreed to try the exercise. He could see that like the surgeon, he needed some steps that he didn't have and he didn't want to be compared to the Grey's Anatomy fan that woke up thinking they could do surgery. So as we got started, again, he stated uh, he didn't really know how to do what I was asking and he didn't really see how it applied. I said, okay, I get it. Are you willing to try to just do this as an experiment? He agreed. He asked some questions at my guidance, followed the rest of the communication guidelines that come from frameworks from the Gottman Institute and in Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Alana started responding to him and she's someone who struggles to share her concerns in a coherent way. She's often unable to articulate herself and get to the heart of the matter. She gets emotional and she can yell and cry because she gets flustered. Now, he asked her three questions, three. And within three questions, she got to the heart of the issue and he finally understood what they had been struggling to talk about for years. When we debriefed the exercise, Aunt shared, I'm amazed that we got to the heart of the issue so quickly. And we were able to talk without yelling. Elena teary-eyed, explained how surprised she was, how emotional she was. She didn't realize she would get so emotional so fast and that she was happy she could finally explain herself to Otten. Otten asked me, do you think we're gonna be able to get to the heart of this issue again? I replied, stick with me long enough. I'm confident if you keep doing what you did tonight, you can work me out of a job. At the time of the release of this episode, there's 79 days left until December 31st. When the countdown goes and the bell rings at midnight, how do you want to feel about your relationship as you ring in the new year? Do you want to be like Otten and Lana, questioning if they're compatible, questioning their future together, walking on eggshells, sitting in silence, looking longingly at each other from across the restaurant table? Or do you want to feel in love, connected, like your par- partner's arms are home and like their words are comforting to your soul? You have a choice to keep doing what you've always done or like Otten, try something new to see if you get new results. To help couples who want to try something new, I'm creating a course due to popular request. It's called Communication Cures. In this course, you're going to learn the top five communication mistakes that are sabotaging your relationship. You're going to get templates to help you with exactly what you need to do to stop having battles and how to have peaceful communication about even the most difficult topics. You're going to have communication frameworks to use in the ups and downs of life. So you're confident no matter the stressors in your outside lives, you're going to have your partner as a supportive companion by your side. I'm going to give you a tool for how to use emotionally validating statements to make your partner feel hurt and seen around every topic, even if you disagree. So if this is interesting to you, I have a discount right now. If you join the waiting list, the discount is 30% off. And the only way to get that 30% off this exclusive dis- discount, the lowest price I'm ever going to give is to join the waiting list. And you can join the waiting list by clicking the link in the show notes. So with just 79 days till December or till January, 2022, how do you want your relationship to feel? What are your goals in your relationship for this fall and next year? I don't know about you, 
But when I'm happy in my relationship and my partner and I are connected and communicating well, it's like I'm bolstered up in life by his love. I feel like I can go out, I can do more, I can conquer the world. And if I can't that day, he's going to be there to catch me when I fall. And when we're disconnected, my focus suffers, my concentration suffers. I'm thinking about him and my precious mental abilities are wasted. And then I feel like there's no one there at the end of the day to be a safe, cushy place. I know I need my relationship to solidly be intact so I can keep recording this podcast for you and show up for my clients and my couples. And so if you know that your relationship needs to be more solid so you can thrive, I want you to start thinking about what is one little step you could do in the next 79 days to set you up for a happy, more peaceful future to communicate well with your partner? So what would you do? Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.